BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We turn next to a controversy shaking Britain's royal family. More controversy about his links with a convicted paedophile. A woman has election papers filed in Florida that she was forced to have sex with Andrew when she was 17. Any suggestion of impropriety with underage minors is categorically untrue. He knows exactly what he's done, and um, I hope he comes clean about it. Welcome to episode four of Epstein Devil in the Darkness. I'm your host, Danielle Robay. Last time, we learned how Jeffrey Epstein had used his wealth to surround himself with the richest, most powerful, and influential men in the world. The aristocracy of England are deviants. Everyone I've ever met there is kind of a deviant. Now we're going to turn our attention to one of these men in particular, Prince Andrew, second son of Queen Elizabeth II and eighth in line to the British throne, and a man accused of sexually abusing one of Epstein's young girls. Prince Andrew met Jeffrey Epstein in 1999 through their mutual friend, Ghislaine Maxwell. The prince was then working as British trade envoy, tasked with using his position to promote British business and drive investment around the world. It was a role he relished, and he even earned the nickname Air Miles Andy because of his jet-setting. Journalist Andy Tillett explains. Long before Epstein and even before Fergie, Prince Andrew was known as Randy Andy or Handy Andy because of his flings with beautiful women. He certainly didn't seem to do anything to discourage that. If anything, he seems to love being known as a playboy prince. When he did marry Fergie, it came as a surprise to everyone that he actually would settle down. Once he tied the knot, he also appeared to be taking his role as trade envoy more seriously telling reporters he was traveling the world to fight for the underdogs of the British economy. Here's Prince Andrew. One started to build up relationships with leaders, business leaders, influential people in other countries. And it's the ability now to open the doors and give the access to, to business at whatever size to get them in the door. However, those business leaders and influential people included some very shady characters, including the son of Libyan dictator Colonel Gaddafi, a Libyan gun smuggler, Tariq Katouni, and even a suspected Tunisian money launderer. But none were to prove more radioactive or more damaging to the prince's reputation than Jeffrey Epstein. Journalist Laura Goldman explains how they met. Jeffrey Epstein came to Prince Andrew because Ghislaine Maxwell became friendly with Fergie. 
and Fergie introduced Jelaine to Prince Andrew, and then Jelaine introduced Prince Andrew to Jeffrey Epstein. And I think it's kind of apparent that they're kindred souls. Here's Deidre Stratton, who worked to recruit young massage therapists on Jeffrey Epstein's sprawling New Mexico Zorro Ranch, speaking for the first time about Prince Andrew's secret visits. He and Gilan were close, and that Gilan introduced him to Jeffrey. I thought Epstein, you know, remember when Fergie was going through the problems with money? I understood that, you know, this is hearsay that Jeffrey loaned Fergie $30,000. I don't really know how Prince Andrew fit in there. Prince Andrew was really good friends with Gilan. So Gilan was the connection between Jeffrey and Prince Andrew. And there were pictures of him with her and and Jeffrey in the house. That's what I had been told, was that Jeffrey and Andrew went way back, and that's how Jeffrey gained that introduction. The prince and the pedophile seemed to get along famously from the start. Randy Andy was soon spotted at Epstein's properties around the world and mingling alongside him at elite parties, including one at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Now, of course... The royal family constantly played down the extent of their relationship. On August 24, 2019, just two weeks after Epstein's death, Prince Andrew issued a statement on their relationship, read here by an actor. It is apparent to me, since the suicide of Mr. Epstein, that there has been an immense amount of media speculation about so much in his life. This is particularly the case in relation to my former association or friendship with Mr. Epstein. Therefore... I am eager to clarify the facts to avoid further speculation. I met Mr. Epstein in 1999. During the time I knew him, I saw him infrequently and probably no more than only once or twice a year. I have stayed in a number of his residences. Famed attorney Gloria Allred, who represents several of Epstein's victims, isn't buying it. He has issued denials. It is one thing to issue a denial in writing when you're not under oath. And it's another to sit face to face with your accuser and under oath deny it. He has not done that yet. In the meantime, there's still so much more for Prince Andrew to explain. Andy Tillett, a British journalist who's covered Andrew and Epstein for many years, explains how close they really were. So we know from the flight logs from Epstein's private jet, the so-called Lolita Express, that Andrew visited Epstein's private Caribbean island, Little St. James, in February 1999, and then, according to the couple who managed the property there, again in May that year. We know that Andrew invited Epstein to Balmoral in Scotland, which is one of the royal residences, just two months later in July, where he apparently turned up with several younger female companions. But it was in 2000 that the two men's friendship was really cemented. I mean, this is a period where they're almost inseparable. You look at the list of times they're together, and it's just like, well, it's more than once or twice. So in February 2000, Andrew spotted partying at Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump's residence, uh, alongside Epstein, and then in March, they're at a whole bunch of social events in New York together, including a party hosted by Ralph Lauren. The following month, the Daily Mail in Britain are reporting that he's a regular at dinner parties at Epstein's Upper East Side mansion. And in May, he's named in the Lolita Express flight logs as flying with Naomi Campbell from New Jersey. 
to Miami. Was it possible that Prince Andrew could spend so much time with Jeffrey Epstein and not know that he was sexually abusing and trafficking underage girls? Attorney Lisa Bloom, who is representing six of Epstein's victims, is highly skeptical. This is just very, very deeply disturbing to me. I think it's time for Prince Andrew to come clean about everything he knows. I am a big believer in people coming clean, asking for forgiveness, apologizing. And if he had some wrong that he did, you know, just own up to it. But there's a lot of suspicion swirling around Prince Andrew that he needs to really answer to. And fellow attorney Spencer Coven who represented Epstein's victims in the 2008 case that saw him jailed in Florida, agrees that the prince still has questions to answer. We were aware that Prince Andrew of the royal family had definitely socialized on numerous occasions with Mr. Epstein and, in fact, was well aware of one of the primary victims of Mr. Epstein's sexual abuse. She's come forward since then and has claimed in public record that Prince Andrew essentially was abusing her as well, that she was turned over to him as essentially someone that Mr. Epstein used to farm out to whoever he saw fit. The arrogance of wealthy people never surprises me. And that's really what I think it is. It's arrogance, it's ignorance, it's, it's the idea that I'm above the law and a different legal system applies to me than everyone else. Despite Andrew's obvious ties to a convicted sex offender, the royal family have not wavered in supporting him publicly. Buckingham Palace has continued to release statements strongly denying Prince Andrew's involvement in, or even knowledge of, Epstein's illegal activities. Buckingham Palace has issued a strongly worded denial that Prince Andrew was involved in any impropriety after he was named in American court documents related to a convicted paedophile. This relates to a long-standing and ongoing civil proceedings in the United States to which the Duke of York is not a party. As such, we would not comment on the detail. However, for the avoidance of doubt, any suggestion of impropriety with underage minors is categorically untrue. It certainly behooves him to play stupid. I don't know that in his position he can ever come out and say, well, Jeffrey was a good old guy, and we all knew Jeffrey liked them young. Isn't that somebody said that? Oh, Trump said that. Yeah, he likes them young on the youngest side. You know, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get out of this one. Given the palace's denials, the most embarrassing and sickening Reminder of their ties to Epstein is the reporting on a June 2000 party at Windsor Castle, the Queen's weekend home. Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell were invited as Prince Andrew's honored guests. Journalist Andy Tillett explains. The party was called Dance of the Decades, and it was about as exclusive as royal events get, celebrating the birthdays of Andrew, who was turning 40, Prince Charles's 50th, Prince Margaret's 70th, and Prince William's 18th. Obviously, the Queen and Prince Philip were there. Given that Epstein and Ghislaine were Andrew's personal guests, you kind of have to assume that they have been introduced to Elizabeth and Philip. 
It's hard to believe the guest list was vetted and Epstein checked out, but there he was partying with the entire royal family and their closest friends. A few months later, Andrew was again partying with Epstein, this time at a Halloween party in New York. It is said that Ghislaine Maxwell dressed up in costume for the occasion, as a prostitute. Then, in December, Epstein returned to England for a weekend at the Royal Sandringham Estate with Andrew. Not just any old castle, that's the Queen's country home. Just a few months later, after Christmas, the pair were photographed together in Phuket, Thailand, relaxing on a luxury yacht. There are paparazzi shots of Andrew and Epstein on board the catamaran surrounded by topless girls. It's impossible to identify who the girls are or how old they were, but when the photos came out, this was a massive scandal in the British press. But it didn't end Epstein and Andrew's friendship. A few months later, Andrew visited Epstein's New Mexico Zorro Ranch. Epstein wasn't there, but a certain young woman was. Deidre Stratton, who recruited young massage therapists for Epstein's visits, reveals what happened for the very first time. You know, at that time, he was very, very pleasant. You could understand his lifestyle. We, we put him in a three-bedroom. It's called the Lodge. It's a three-bedroom manufactured home. It's really very nice, and the setting of it is gorgeous. But that's where he stayed, and his bodyguard stayed down at what we called Ranch Central. And for him to just be out on his own, I'm sure was very different for him. You know, and of course, we all felt like, you know, what do we do? We're like fish out of water. Do we curtsy to this man? You know, and we were told no, because we're not British subjects. So we didn't have to like show any particular, you know, whatever to him. Oh, that was the other thing, because I had, when you shop for a guest, you give them everything from soup to nuts. And, you know, I offered to come up there and fix his breakfast. So he goes, no, I want to try. So when I got up there later to tidy up, you could smell burnt bacon. And he's like, I didn't do so well. He had like a croissant and cream cheese or something. But I remember him trying to cook his own breakfast. Isn't that cute? And he couldn't even fry I do recall one thing that I had to serve him some kind of food and I used garlic in it and later he told me that as a child he ate a whole bulb of garlic and since that time garlic just turns him nauseated you know I do recall that and he was very good-natured about that I bet he was hungry but he was good-natured but I don't know what he did I don't recall him being very sporty but it seemed that Epstein had already provided Prince Andrew's entertainment. At the time, Jeffrey had this, she, she supposedly was a neurosurgeon, quite young, beautiful, young and brilliant. And she stayed in the home with him. And at one point we had all these different teas that you could, you know, pick the tea that you wanted. And she asked me to find one that would make him more horny that he hadn't been interested in her. I'm guessing because she understood her job was to entertain him because, you know, she, I guess the fear, you know, if you, I don't know, I'm guessing this, the fear would be that Andrew would say, no, I didn't really find her that attractive. He would tell Jeffrey that and then she would be on the ropes. I don't know. I'm guessing, or another theory is, is that Jeffrey probably had her on retainer and... She knew what her job would be, should be, you know, to make these people happy. So that's what I thought. Sex was all they thought about. And I mean, I know for sure that Jeffrey would 
ideally like three massages a day. Massages being in air quotes. I don't see how his guests wouldn't know that. In March 2001, Epstein and Maxwell once again flew to London, this time accompanied by a 17-year-old named Virginia Roberts. According to Virginia, this was to be the first of three times she was to have sex with Prince Andrew. In sworn court depositions filed by Virginia, she claims the following, spoken here by an actor. He started licking my toes, between my toes, the arches of my feet. We went into the bedroom and he proceeded to make love to me, so to speak. He wasn't rude. It wasn't like rape, but it wasn't like love either. Virginia says this encounter took place at Ghislaine Maxwell's London home, and that's where the now famous picture of Andrew with his hand draped around the 17-year-old's bare midriff was taken. Supposedly, it was even taken by Epstein himself. Virginia also uh, gave her lawyers many photographs of herself at the Zorro Ranch, which we know that Prince Andrew visited. Virginia also alleges that she and Andrew took a bath together and that Epstein paid her $10,000 the following day. He was smiling ear to ear. He looked like a kid whose parents were taking him to Disney World. I took him upstairs to the dungeon. He was fondling me and we undressed and he lay on the table face down. I did my normal routine, which was to start with the feet, up the calves, tickling the thighs, up the buttocks, up the back. On this occasion, I don't think I made it up to his shins when he flipped over. I was just another person he was betting. He couldn't have cared less about me as a young woman. I was over the age of consent in New York, but he was being treated to sex for which someone else was paying. From the snickering noises he was making, he was really enjoying the whole thing, but I felt like a total prostitute. He never even said, did you enjoy it? I was there for just one purpose. Another young woman, Johanna Schoberg, also claims to have been present during that encounter and said that Prince Andrew used a puppet of himself to grope their breasts. According to Virginia, her third encounter with Prince Andrew at Jeffrey Epstein's private island was even more debauched. Again, her words are spoken by an actor. A group of Russian girls who didn't speak a word of English turned up with a modeling agent who was a friend of Jeffrey's. That night, there was a dinner and Andrew was there. He said hi to me. When I walked in, Andrew and Jeffrey were seated in chairs, so me and the girls started undressing. Jeffrey directed us with hand gestures because the Russian girls didn't speak English. We were told to start kissing and touching and to use sex toys on each other. The girls obviously had been trained. Jeffrey and the prince were laughing, and then they undressed, and then I performed a sex act on them. Jeffrey first, and then Andrew. It was disgusting. There was no pleasure in it. There was a dinner the next day, and then Andrew was gone. Buckingham Palace strongly disputes Virginia's claims. And in 2015, a judge ordered them to be struck from the court record in her legal case. A controversy shaking Britain's royal family. Prince Andrew accused in a lawsuit of inappropriate relations with an underage girl. Buckingham Palace forcefully denying the bombshell allegations. I just wish to uh, reiterate 
and to reaffirm the statements which have already been made on my behalf by Buckingham Palace. My focus is on my work. Robert's allegations came out as part of that 2015 case, but she and other victims had spoken out in secret long before. Back in 2008, the feds targeted Epstein as dozens of victims came forward to reveal their abuse to investigators. Despite a mountain of disturbing evidence, Epstein managed to strike a sweetheart deal with then-U.S. attorney and future Trump labor secretary Alex Acosta. Epstein was found guilty of one count of soliciting an underage girl for prostitution and sentenced to just 18 months in prison. Epstein got off easy, but many of his high-profile former friends began to distance themselves. Well, I knew him like everybody in Palm Beach knew him. I mean, people in Palm Beach knew him. He was a fixture in Palm Beach. I had a falling out with him a long time ago. I don't think I've spoken to him for 15 years. Uh, I wasn't a fan. I was not a fan of his. That I can tell you. I was not a fan of his. So I feel very badly. In what now seems like a catastrophic misstep, Prince Andrew remained a public ally of the convicted sex offender. Andrew was a guest of honor at Epstein's Manhattan Welcome Home Bash after his prison release in 2010. Despite Epstein's conviction, it seemed they were closer than ever. Andy Tillett explains. Yeah, so then a picture came out showing the prince and Epstein walking together in Central Park. Everyone was horrified. This guy was a convicted sex offender. But you know, it got even worse. This summer, old video footage was released showing young women coming and going from Epstein's residence. Near the end, you see this one little part where Prince Andrew's actually waving goodbye to one of the girls while trying to hide behind the door. This is all after Jeffrey Epstein had been in jail for sex crimes. He's a listed sex offender. It's actually just astonishing behaviour from Prince Andrew. The Queen must have been mortified. How can she still stand by him after all of this? Following the release of that video, Buckingham Palace once again found itself having to issue another statement to, quote, clarify the facts. This time, signed by Prince Andrew himself. Buckingham Palace is denying Prince Andrew was involved in alleged sex crimes with his former friend Jeffrey Epstein. Britain's Prince Andrew is now saying it was a mistake to meet with Jeffrey Epstein back in 2010. Prince Andrew issued a rare statement saying that he hopes will clarify his association with the convicted sex offender. The Duke of York saying he's appalled by the recent reports of Epstein's alleged crimes. That statement is read here, word for word, by an actor. At no stage during the limited time I spent with him did I see witness or suspect any behavior of the sort that subsequently led to his arrest and conviction. I have previously said that it was a mistake and an error to see him after his release in 2010, and I can only reiterate my regret that I was mistaken to think what I thought I knew of him was evidently not the real person, given what we now know. I have tremendous sympathy for all those affected by his actions and behavior. This is a difficult time for everyone involved, and I'm at a loss to be able to understand or explain Mr. Epstein's lifestyle. I deplore the exploitation of any human being and would not condone, participate in, or encourage any such behavior. It seems that for many, that statement will not suffice. Attorney Lisa Bloom represents several Epstein victims in their continued fight for justice. It is deeply disturbing 
that Prince Andrew remained in contact with Jeffrey Epstein even after 2008 when he was convicted of some of his sex crimes. He only got a slap on the wrist, but I think the world knew at that point what was going on. And many people did cut off contact with him at the time, as they should have. But, you know, this just goes to show how little regard many people have for women's lives and for sexual abuse and sexual assault victims. I see this in my practice every day. People naturally gravitate toward power and they want to stick with the person in power or the wealthy person, even in spite of the evidence. They really don't care about the victims. They really don't care about the women. So it's deeply disappointing that Prince Andrew did that. There should be an investigation of Prince Andrew. We've all seen the picture of him with his hand around the waist of Virginia Roberts, who was, I think, 17 in that photo. Uh, He clearly was there with her at the time, looking very friendly with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not jumping to any conclusions about him, but I do think it's highly suspicious, and he should not be able to just give a statement and then hide behind his statement. You know, the British taxpayers are supporting his very nice life. And I think the British taxpayers are entitled to a full explanation and an investigation Mm -hmm. that doesn't just rely on his his statement. It's very easy to just put out a statement and say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I think the world is entitled to know what really happened. Could Prince Andrew, second son of the Queen of England and eighth in line to the British throne, really find himself in court to answer sex crime allegations? Famed attorney Gloria Allred thinks so. I'm attorney Gloria Allred, and I represent a number of accusers of Jeffrey Epstein. I do feel that there's an extremely serious investigation ongoing by the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. I spoke with the United States Attorney, and he assured me that they are continuing their investigation of any potential co-conspirator. Even people who are not attorneys believe there's more to account for. New Mexico ranch hand Deidre Stratton explains her perspective after spending three days serving Andrew's every need. I think the more he says, I mean, that picture kind of says it all. You don't put your arm around and, you know, hold a young girl's waist when her skin is exposed. You know, that's just kind of foreplay, I think. But he needs to just shut up and go pay Virginia off and go on his merry royal way. Lisa Bloom, Gloria Allred, and other attorneys representing Epstein victims have vowed to continue their fight for justice in court, even if it means going after a royal heir. No one, they say, should be above the law. Prince Andrew needs to think about his daughters, and he needs to think about all of the women and all of the girls out there who have fought so hard to speak out about Jeffrey Epstein. Prince Andrew, what do you have to hide? Why don't you want to answer questions? Why don't you want to get this behind you? I think the more that somebody like him ducks coming in and answering questions for a deposition, the more suspicion will remain. I don't think any business person or celebrity or powerful man should rest easy and think, oh, there's not enough evidence. Well, maybe there is. All of the enablers should be afraid. If you helped Jeffrey Epstein abuse girls and women, you should be very concerned. Next time on Epstein, Devil in the Darkness. Inside the secret nightmare of Jeffrey Epstein's teenage sex slaves. At the time, 
Yeah, she was like a Barbie doll. She was young and perfect. And she told my son at the time when she was there that she was 17. He was with two girls. I thought it was his nieces or something, you know, or his daughters, uh, you know, because at that time, nobody even had a clue what was going on. But as time went on, myself and other drivers assumed something was fishy because we kept picking up these teenage girls and, you know, he couldn't have that many nieces. Here she was, this beautiful young girl with all this potential, and look what Jeffrey and Gillen chose to do with it. Epstein, Devil in the Darkness is narrated by me, Danielle Robay, executive produced by Dylan Howard and Melissa Cronin, and is a production of Broad and Water Studios and Endeavor Audio. Executive producers also include Tom Freestone, James Robertson, Andy Tillett, and Robert Dixter. The series is written by Dominic Utton. Reporting by Aaron Tinney and Doug Montero. The series is mixed and engineered by Sean Kravitz and Sam Ada. There is so much more to this story, and you don't want to miss anything, I can assure you. Make sure you subscribe to Epstein, Devil in the Darkness, wherever you get podcasts.